Welcome to the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Katani, and the founder of Katani Capital Group. For the last two years, I've been studying alternative assets and now help solve the problem of creating passive cash flow for creators, influencers, and busy professionals by bringing you five episodes a week of easy to understand education in the world of passive investing. What's up, guys? Happy Monday. Welcome to a solo Monday edition of the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Katani. Hope everybody had a great weekend. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. We're excited to have you here and looking forward to a great show today. Uh, we're going to announce some news, get into some news, Fed announcement, which was big. But happy Monday. Hopefully, everybody's excited for the week. We're getting closer to Christmas. We got a huge storm here in Salt Lake City. Pretty much rained all weekend in the valley, which means lots of snow in the mountains. A lot of the resorts open today as well for the first time for the winter. So I did not attend. I have skied long enough to know that opening days, especially on seasons like this where it's been a little bit slow, there's not going to be a lot of coverage and there's going to be a lot of people. So not exactly... Uh, my cup of tea anymore, but I will definitely be getting out. So hopefully you guys had a great weekend as well. I'm excited, like I said, for the show today. Today, what we're going to talk about is the Fed announcement. Before we get to the Fed announcement and what that means for real estate, some of my predictions for next year in terms of investing, I'll put my, we'll, we'll, we'll get a few different perspectives, a few different lenses on and talk about what it means. All right. But before we do, if you want to follow me on social media, which I am working toward becoming more active on social media, if you want to follow me on social media at Johnny Katani, the two places I'm the most active are LinkedIn and Instagram. And then I would say Facebook is number three, uh, but mostly focused on LinkedIn and Instagram. So at Johnny Katani, all social media platforms, even TikTok though, <laughs> if you follow me on TikTok, it's a little bit more just kind of personal stuff. I think eventually, w once I start making more reels, it'll only be natural that I'm, you know, put them on TikTok as well. But TikTok is where I like to post other things as well, because honestly, there's a lot of fun stuff on TikTok. So, <laughs> but you can follow me there and maybe see a different side of me. Okay, let's get into the show. All right, so first, the Fed announcement. What did they announce? Fed announces, and listen guys, if you're new to economics, the investing world, uh, which I know a lot of you are, and that's great, we're happy you're here because we're here to teach you. Whenever the Fed makes an announcement, you need to take it with a giant shaker of salt, okay? The Fed doesn't really control the economy. They think they do, right? And everybody thinks they do, but they really don't. They only have one lever to pull and it's interest rate lever. Unless it's really revolving around their predictions and the decisions that they make. Now, obviously it is important to follow. It's important to understand, but it's not the end all be all. What a lot of our rates are based on as investors is really based on 
the seven and 10 year rates, treasury rates. And as of December 1st, which was Friday, the 10 year is at 4.22, right? So it's dropping. And the seven year, uh, 4.22 as well. So right at that 4.22. And so that's really what our rates are going to be based on. Okay. So now what did the Fed announce? So they announced that they were going to cut interest rates six times in 2024 as the economy shows clear sign of cooling down. This is as of Business Insider. Okay. So one thing we can take from this for sure is they're not going to raise interest rates anymore. Now, Personally, I don't think they'll raise rates uh, or sorry, cut rates six times, right? So we know that they did a few, most of the time they move in, in 25 basis points, 25 bits, right? That's 0.25%. That's typically what direction they'll move up or down. We saw that towards the end right? They moved in only 25 basis points, but obviously in there were a multitude of 50 basis point rate hikes. Now, I don't, they're not going to come in here and just start cutting rates. So some economists who are smarter than I am think that they won't start uh, cutting rates until Q2 of next year, which kind of goes along with what I said. I thought that they would start cutting rates. And I said this a few months ago, I thought they would ca uh, start cutting rates, like I said, end of Q2, kind of beginning of Q3, somewhere right there in July, middle of the year, as we got closer to the campaigns really firing up, the current administration really having that in their back pocket to be like, hey, look, we cooled the economy down, we had a soft landing, and now interest rates are coming down. Now it looks like they're actually going to start doing that sooner, which is... Uh, a good sign, right? That means that the economy is strong and the numbers are heading the direction they want to see. So I don't think we'll see six cuts. So six cuts would put us, if they were each 25 basis points, that would put us at 150 basis point in cut. So right now we're at 5.25 to 5.5% is the Fed fund rate. So you cut 150 off, it puts you right at about four even. Somewhere between four and four point seven five. Or four and sorry, four point two five. So personally, I don't think that rates will get that low by the end of next year. I think that's a good target for them. But you gotta understand something. Even five percent money, five percent loans, five percent debt, that's really good debt right? If you take 5% debt and put it into 8% return and you're getting 3% on your money all day long, there's a lot of investors out there who will take that because that's a leveraged return, right? You're borrowing. When you're using debt, you're borrowing, which debt is not taxable. So you're not paying taxes on your debt. And that's why real estate is compounding and that's why it's so effective and that's why we talk about it so much here because 
That's the opportunity it gives you. So for those of you that want to buy a house or want to start buying investment properties, this is a good sign that it's a catch-22 because it's a good sign that rates are going to come down, which means that some of these deals that just you couldn't get debt on because interest rates were too high and it just would never pencil because cash flow was really hard to come by with some of the prices in, in some of these markets. Now, those rates are going to come down. That's good news. However, what that means is more people back into the buyer's pool. Because we're so undersupplied still, especially residentially, but even in some of these markets for rentals, we're so undersupplied that rate or asset prices are going to increase pretty quickly. As soon as rates drop to a material level, 25 basis points, that's significant. But as soon as we're down 50 to 75 basis points, which is half percent to 0.75%, you're going to start seeing a lot more people coming out of the woodwork, coming off the sidelines and getting in. So you have to decide, right? And now here's the thing. It's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. What does that mean? That means that don't go out and try to time the market to where you get the perfect um, kind of uh, equilibrium of interest rate to asset price because you're just really not going to and that playing that game is going to drive you crazy. Of course, keep an eye on things. Like It's like I've always said, if you're a longtime listener, I just keep saying this. Always make sure you're keeping your ear to the ground in your respective markets, even if you're not necessarily a buyer. It's important to keep paying attention to the markets because that's how you're going to know when the good deals come. And as soon as rates drop, you're going to start seeing some of these opportunities that maybe didn't pencil before. You may be able to get asset prices have come down. So you may be able to find that sweet spot it's not going to last very long, but you may be able to find that sweet spot where rates come down a little bit, right? Especially if you have a good relationship with lenders, they see the Fed is lowering interest rates and that's their goal for the year. They'll work with you and you can probably get some smart debt, some smart money, and let's get out there in 2024 and let's build our net worth. Let's buy assets, right? Let's go out there, let's get good debt and let's buy assets. And we're going to do that and I'm going to help you all along the way. And we're going to talk about it because it's my goal as well. We're going to get out there. And I'm here in Salt Lake City, which is a great market, but it's been a struggle because there's really just no, there's really just no cash flow. And that's what, uh, that's what we're looking for. Really. It is an appreciation market and we have good appreciation because we are still very undersupplied. However, If that's a bold strategy to play the appreciation game. You really want to try to find that cash flow. And now some value add opportunities may represent themselves because really when it comes to this kind of stuff with investing, whether you're buying your own duplex or you're buying a hundred plus units or you're raising money for someone else's deal and you're talking to investors, investors like predictability right? The more variables you can control, the more predictable the outcome, right? Now I've talked about this here. It's the biggest difference between the stock market 
in real estate is that you can control more variables in real estate, which ultimately on a risk adjusted basis can give you outsized returns. And it has shown to do that historically, right? Historically, seven to 10% in the stock market, S&P, and probably closer to 14, 15, 16% in real estate. And But the key is learning from what we just went through, that it's important to have good debt. It's okay to speculate when there's a little bit more predictability. So that's where I'm getting to is now I, this doesn't mean to go out and speculate next year. I don't think that interest rates, they, it's still a lag. There's still a lag, right? Just because interest rates, just because the Fed lowers rates doesn't mean all of a sudden we're going to have 5% mortgage rates, right? But Q3 into Q4 and certainly into 2025, right? The old adage, if, you've, if you're in the industry, the adage has been survived to 25 and it's looking that's really going to come to fruition. Be smart, but there's going to be some opportunities next year. I promise you that. There will be some opportunities, but you're not going to know them unless you're paying attention to your respective markets. So if you've been sitting on the sidelines, haven't been paying as much attention, sign cart, start calling brokers, start firing up the network because, you know, these things take time and you want to be able to look through as many deals as possible because I still believe you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to look at a bunch of deals before you really... You're going to have to look at a bunch of deals before you really get the right opportunity for you. But I believe that there will be more opportunities next year. When I think about this from the passive investor standpoint, I think about how treasury bills are going to come down. The T-bill rates are dropping. Those are the, the monthlies. Those are coming down, which means we'll probably see an influx in uh, dry powder investor capital coming out of treasuries, out of fixed income, back into hard assets. We saw a major shift throughout this year of into treasuries and fixed income because, excuse me, had a niche. We saw a major shift from hard assets to treasuries because there was predictability and interest rates were very favorable. However, as those rates start to come down, you'll see the inverse and you'll see mo the money move from out of treasuries into hard assets. So do, do I think that raising capital in 2024 will be easy? No, I don't think raising capital is ever really easy. But I think that when you have predictability and you have a, a clear picture of what the Fed is trying to accomplish, right? And it's not all over the place and as volatile as it has been, then people will feel more comfortable getting into hard assets, which can still be viewed as speculative depending on your perspective. And some of the investors I've talked to don't want to speculate right now, right? They want a little bit more predictability and understandably. And I think you'll see that next year. So Get ready, guys. It's going to be a good year. There's going to be some opportunities. I still think in some asset classes, particularly multifamily and office, it's still going to be a bit of a rough year. However, if some of these groups can work with their lenders and get some of this debt 
re they if they can get some of this debt uh reevaluated and I'm having a, a total brain fart right now. Refinanced. Wow, I don't know why that word was so hard to find. Hello. <laughs> Forgive me, guys. Oh, those happen every once in a while, don't they? So if we can work with if they can work with lenders, some of these groups in office and a multifamily with some of this variable rate debt. Guys, lenders don't want to have to take back control. They really don't want to. That's not what the business they're in. They're in the business of making money off of experienced operators and experienced investors operating for them and paying them the interest on the loan. That's what they want. They don't want the asset. So you may see some groups that are able to work with their lenders. And as lenders see the Fed lower their rates, some of these guys who are on hot water and, and kind of on the hot seat may skirt by. They may get by the skin of their teeth. We're talking with held distributions for at least a year now, if not longer. But some people may make it. And obviously, fingers crossed. You guys, we never want to see groups fail, right? Because what that means is while that is a buying opportunity for another group, and, and certainly those will come. That also means it's possible that there's investors that lost money and will have a bad taste in their mouth for investing, which ultimately makes it more challenging to raise capital, make, which means it's more challenging to get deals done. And it just has a snowball effect in the industry. So we never want to root for that. We hope everybody's able to get through it. So with that, you guys, I will leave you to it. Happy Monday. Have a great day. Have a great week. We got a full week of solo episodes this week. So if you're tuned in for the first time, hope you really enjoyed this. If you enjoyed it and you've been a longtime listener, your first time listener, and you know somebody else who get a lot of use out of this information, please like it, share it. Guys, rate, review. Uh, that's how we keep popping up. That's how we keep getting to do what we do. Appreciate you listening. And I will talk to you on Wednesday. On Wednesday, we're going to start learning some lingo. So if you're a first-time investor, new investor, also please forgive my voice. I did not bring my water bottle into my office and my throat went dry. If you're a first-time investor, Wednesday is going to be all the lingo, right? Because guys, it's if you're going to go out and network and start building up the relationships, you got to speak the lingo, right? Because then you can at least hang in the groups and you sound like you know what you're talking about. And if you know the lingo, then you are because... I'm going to tell it what it all means and how it all works. And you're going to get it. Then you're going to go to your local Utah Real Estate Investor Association. You can start slinging it out there to all the experienced investors. Then be like, oh, look at this person. They really know their stuff. And I want to work with them. All right. So that's going to be on Wednesday. Lingo. Have a great week, guys. I'll talk to you Wednesday. See ya. Thank you again for tuning in. Who do you know that wants more cash flow? Share this episode with them so you can grow your cash flow together. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice so you never miss a new episode. Go to KataniCapitalGroup.com to learn more.